What's going on, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. It is Friday, December 4th, the day of this podcast release. You might be listening to it on a different time. You might be listening to this in the morning. You might be listening to this in the afternoon. You might be listening to this in the evening. You might be even listening to this, and it's super, <laughs> it's past midnight, and you just jam into this in your car. Man, I really appreciate every single listener that's out there tuning into the show. We got another great interview for you. And before we get into that interview and before we get into this week's guest, I hope you guys are all doing well. You know, like I say the in previous episodes, this year is coming to an end. 2020 has been such a roller coaster. I hope you take some time to address your mental health. Make sure you guys are, you know, mentally stable, doing all right, and just, you know, doing the best you can to persevere through all the obstacles that you may be facing. That being said, I did want to thank Generic Sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background. You can check out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. Also look him up on Twitter, Instagram, and Bandcamp. Just search up generic sports. He got all your lo-fi slash hip-hop instrumental beats um, up on those platforms. Also, shout out to Vince Correa, too, for designing the Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. It's uh, the end of the year, too. December is coming up. We The last two years, we've done a best hip-hop of 2019 and then 2018. You best believe us three are going to come together for a best hip-hop of 2020 show as well. So that'll be coming out in the next probably month or so. We'll probably uh, record that in the next upcoming weeks. And that'll be a lot of fun. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And yeah, other than that, not a whole lot of updates. I still got stickers for sale. I'm doing a giveaway and I'll be making a social media post about that this weekend um, relatively soon. Just kind of give an update because I was supposed to do the giveaway before Thanksgiving. Kind of have to extend that because I wasn't really promoting it as well. But I do got stickers for sale and I will be posting that more. If you know me personally, just reach out to me via phone number, that kind of thing. If you're interested, $2 a sticker. And if you buy a sticker, you get one entry to winning a $50 or a $25 Visa gift card. So cool stuff for you. If you're listening on Apple, I'd really appreciate it if you guys subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow the podcast page. If you're listening on any other platform, be sure to do the same thing. Follow, subscribe, like the homepage. And if you can, man, tell a friend about it too. Any support of the podcast, word of mouth is really great. And if you're listening on YouTube, well, I guess you wouldn't be listening to this part on YouTube. But if you're listening and watching the visuals on YouTube, shout out to you guys too. Be sure to subscribe on that platform as well. Search me up. This Noah Alvarez, No Tricky Spelling. And you can find all my episodes along with some other work, personal work, up on that site. Now, we can get into the guest for episode 134. Can I get a drum roll, please? This week's guest is none other than Billy Ami. Billy Ami is a rapper out of Anaheim, Orange County, California. Billy Ami is a part Tongan and part Samoan. He's also part Mexican, so he's a, he's a mix of a lot of different cultures. So we talk about his upbringing, uh, growing up in the particular neighborhoods that he grew up in, as well as just, you know, being so inversed, involved into hip hop. He also got a really dope song right now, too. I, I, I like a lot of the artists that I have on this show, their music. But uh, Billy Dami did a really cool song called Pioneers with YBG, who if you're familiar with, he's been on the show too, actually last year around this time. It's been quite some time ago, but I've been working a lot with YBG for starting True 100 Radio. Shout out to Jamal for that one. In Billy Dami's song Pioneers, he does mention and name drop True 100 Radio as well as my mic and I. So be sure to check out his latest single, which is available on all platforms, including YouTube. We're going to shoot some visuals for that too coming in january so be on the lookout for that shout out to my boy viliami for being a guest on this week's show i had a lot of fun recording this conversation hope you guys enjoy the conversation between viliami and myself all right man well thank you again for hopping on the show really appreciate you thank you for having me man of course of course so what was your earliest memory with music man um me and music have been tapped in for like I mean, all my life, really, you know, mm-hmm. just like mom's bumpy music in the house when she's cleaning, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, my my pops, you know, riding around in the truck with him, he was bumping like Bone Thugs, Reggae, you know, he's Tongan, Samoan, so I have a lot of that cultural influence. Um, I've been a, I've been around music my whole life, oldies, funk, I'm, I'm like tapped in with a lot of genres. Like if, if you would go through my iPod right now, like you'd be tripping out like what I listen to. Yeah. You know, I'll listen to Bob Dylan one minute. <laughs> Nipsey Hustle the next minute, Dreamville, um, I don't know who, um, 
just a bunch of uh, but just from old stuff to new stuff it's just a whole mix of stuff so yeah, yeah. i mean I'd, it's been yeah all my whole life really yeah i think that's pretty common mm-hmm. here in orange county yeah. i feel like anaheim santa Ana for sure like if you grew up in those cities you grew up around funk right and right. then obviously like there's still like the surfer vibe so like there's yeah, a like yeah, exactly. low-key yeah. chill stuff hell yeah obviously a lot of our parents come from that rock generation mm-hmm. so they listen to some of that hell yeah you know if you got a lot of people are mexican out here so you got like yeah. the spanish vibe awesome. in here yeah. too so yep that's something that's cool about the orange county music scene hell is yeah. like it's just a good mix like there's not just it's one very, genre it's that very dominates. versatile mm-hmm. very versatile very versatile community that we got so yeah yeah were you born and raised here in Orange County? Or? Yeah, born in Santa Ana, raised in Anaheim. So I've been between both cities like my whole life. There you go. Yeah. And you said your family, your, at least your father's side, is from what Tonga and Samoa. Yeah, my dad came from the island, so he's from he's from the island of Tonga. And then um, his mom, my grandmother, mm-hmm. my grandma Lafo, she's from Samoa. Okay. And then my grandpa is Tongan. Yeah. So yeah, we're all we're all mixed, you know. And then my mom being um, Latina, Mexican, so I got that in me too. Okay, right sure. on. Have you ever been back to the islands? Nah, man, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make the pilgrimage for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm trying because um, I'm trying to get like the you know the tribal tat. Yeah, but I want to actually go over there and get it. Right, you know, how they do it. Oh, okay, so, old school. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying to get you know the right way. So that's tight. Or even have like one of the relatives just come out here and actually do it like the tr- the traditional way. So yeah, definitely, I'm trying to make that trip for sure. Right on. I want to. Is there? Because I know there's, like, a good amount of Tongans and Samoans here right. in Orange County, oh, yeah, especially bro. in Southern California. Yeah, no, we're deep. We're deep. How has that culture and, like, that lifestyle kind of affected you growing up? I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're influenced, you know, just as much as any other race out yeah. here, you know. I feel like um, we, we do have our own idea. Like, a lot of us, you know, we're cool. We're really cool people. If you ask anybody, like, yeah. they got Polynesian friends, like, hey, those are the homies. They're cool. Yeah. They invite us over to eat. You know, like, they're, they're really chill people. You know, it's just, I know we do have a reputation for having, like, you know, a crazy-ass temper and all that stuff, yeah. you know. But I'm trying to, like, I don't shy away from it, but at the same time, it's like I don't glorify it, mm-hmm. you know, just because I, I've seen a lot, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff that hasn't even made the news ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, you know, majority of my family bangs, so... It's like I just wanted to do something different. Like you see, some when a kid sees something so repetitive all the time, you know, it's yeah. kind of like he's either gonna go with it or he's gonna like go away from it. Right. You know right. what I mean. So I'm glad that I was tapped in with music at such an early age that I was able to just kind of like do my thing. Yeah. You know, I was still around it enough to like understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, know, the whole politics of it, of the streets and all that stuff. But I mean, it was it just wasn't for me. You know. It definitely made me solid as a kid, though, growing mm-hmm. up like that. Because uh, we get our ass whooped like, yeah. from an early age, bro. Mm-hmm. Like discipline is definitely like a must in that, in you know, in that culture. So, yeah. from a kid, you kind of learn how to roll with the punches, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it gives you really tough skin. For That's sure. good. Yeah, I grew up a few. There was a few Tongans at my high school that I wow. went to, played football with. What high school did you go to? Villa Park. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Tufunas, the Tufunas and the Faikis. Tufunas, I don't know yeah, if you're familiar with yeah, them. Yeah, the name. But they're, you know, I played with a few of their generations, right? right different right. brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, very chill, relaxed, calm people. But you know, right. they're definitely the players you want on your team yeah. in a football game, sure. right? For sure. And, yeah. uh, but I know a lot of the, a lot of them stay out in Garden Grove, but they end up at Tustin High School. I don't know how much you yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got a, yeah, I got a couple little cousins that yeah. went to Tustin High School. So yeah. I mean, yeah, we're spread out everywhere, man. And the majority of us are out here. So I mean, yeah, we we get along with everybody for the most part, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever play football yourself? Uh, not not in not I know in high school school I didn't really well I did flag football in junior high but it didn't really last that long you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean I would just play with my cousins normally because it's just in us to play. You yeah. Know? Rugby I used to, we used oh, to play yeah? rugby as a kid yeah so I mean I didn't get in I was not into it in high school I was into different stuff you know but yeah. Yeah, I I always got invited to go out, go out to rugby, right. but it was always the the, the Islanders that yeah, invited me. That invited me. They're huge, you know. It's like, bro, you're already hard enough to tackle. Yeah, with no, we pads. gotta chill. Without pads, bro, I don't even want to. I yeah, don't want to mess no, anything up, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a contact sport. I mean, it's definitely fun, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually played uh, more soccer than okay. anything. Yeah, I played soccer and I skated a lot as a kid. So I mean, I, I did a little bit of everything, honestly. Okay, it was pretty cool. Now you always said too, music's been a big part of your life. Right, Did right. you always know you want to do it when you grow up as a career? Honestly, like in junior high, um, I used to uh, get the songs on the radio and just write my own versions of it. Like okay. I would just make, I was just making fun of rap because I really didn't like, I wasn't really like you know messing with the rap back then. Mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, it was just something fun. And then I kind of put it down for a couple of years. I started picking up poetry, like, nice. in high school. And then it wasn't after I graduated that, you know, some homies of mine told me, like, hey, you should, like, put these. They knew. They kept seeing my lyrics and, like, yo, you should try putting this over a beat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I would say it was really after high school that I kind of saw it, mm-hmm. you know. Because the homies, all the homies that I was surrounding myself with at the time were like putting it in my head. Okay. Like, bro, you should, yeah, you should like rap over this or do this, like you know, like mm-hmm. try to make a project, try to do this. Yeah. You know, so it it, it had its stages for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did your homies that also make music too, or were they just? Yeah, man, we used to be in, in um, my homie um, Savi Waves. He makes most of my beats right now, and he does most of my videos. Mm-hmm. So um, we were in his room. We were like 10, 15 heads deep. So in a room, um, in a room, oh, bro. Shit. I mean, well, some of us, some of us were in the living room, like just chilling, and then we would just be writing. Yeah, you know. And then he, like, people with the dopest verse would be able to record. You okay. know, if your verse wasn't dope enough, you wouldn't be able to step in. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was pretty cool, you know, like little rap boot camp yeah. stuff, you know, ground root stuff. So I mean, um, yeah, it started around there. Like, it's it's just been a long a long process, honestly, but. I enjoy every part of it, honestly. It's yeah. cool. When did it become, like, like serious, serious for you? Like, like hey, I need to, like, rhyme serious, with this. Probably, you know? like, when I was 19. I, probably, I think that's when I dropped my first tape, Southpaw, by mm-hmm. myself. Um, prior to that, I was in a, a little duo group called Dino Circle with me and my, my boy Tony. Okay. And uh, we opened up for Quick, Bone Thugs. We had, like, a pretty good run, Okay. you know? And, um... After that, I felt like, you know, there was a lot of homies at the time like that were kind of serious about it. They had one foot in, one foot out. And then a lot of homies that were doing it, you know, like my homie J. Magnum, some homies ended up getting locked up. You know, just like I said, having one foot in, this, in something and then in the music. Yeah. So it's kind of like seeing that again, like going back to like seeing something repetitive. It's like you're either going to go with it or you're going to stick to what you're doing. Right. So after that, like. 19, 20 years old, I was probably like, okay, bro, like, if I'm going to do it, now I'm going to do it. I, and then I remember telling my mom I was dropping out of college. Uh, so I was just like, no, I got to be serious about it now. Like, for sure, I already decided to drop out of college. So yeah. now you got to treat it like an everyday thing now. Yeah. So so would you say school wasn't for you? It wasn't the path you wanted? I mean, yeah, I don't knock anybody that, that, that takes that route. But, you know, yeah, yeah. for me, it, I felt... I felt like I, I gained a lot more by self-educating myself. So okay. I, mean, I still graduated, but I didn't really feel accomplished after that. Okay. Know, I was just kind of like... From where at? Uh, Loura High School. Okay. Yeah, Loura High School. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I didn't really have a plan. I just knew that I wanted to work for my... I didn't want to work for nobody. I just want to work for myself. Yeah. I didn't know specifically what, but... Yeah, you know. And see that right there. I feel like that's what's lacking in public education. Exactly. Especially in like the inner city, Anaheim, Santa Ana's, Garden Groves, all right, those. Right. They don't really teach us to think for ourselves. They don't really do any like career development, yeah, uh, how no, to start a business, a yeah. taxes, all the important shit. You know. I was tripping. Now we were talking about it earlier that um, uh, my geometry teacher back like in my senior year, she told she told us that um something about the SATs. I think it was. They said, oh, okay. oh yeah, you guys just need an F to pass. And that fucked me up completely. An F to pass? You just need an F to pass. Oh, shit. And that fucked me up completely. I was like, damn, like, that's how much faith they had. Yeah, in why are you setting the bar so low? Yeah, and that, 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 at that, I didn't really, like, give it too much thought. But I remember for, like, the shortest time in that classroom, like, for a couple minutes, I was just sitting there like, damn. And that stuck with me, like, all these years. I was just kind of like, damn, dude. Like, that's really crazy. Mm-hmm. No wonder these kids don't ever want to go to school. No wonder they just right. want to be in the streets. No, no wonder, like, you know. It's just, you know, the answers are there. It's just we act like we don't see them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was one, I think I had pretty good teachers in elementary school, um, decent teachers in middle school. Right. And I felt like in high school, though, that's where it kind of fell off. And, Definitely. and I, I got very, like, minimal yeah. minimal effort teachers. I like, that, got a lot of substitutes. Yeah, I got you? a lot of substitutes, yeah. bro. I had a lot of substitutes, <laughs> for sure. Like, just dudes, like, individuals that just didn't care about yeah. the kids, bro. They just care about the paycheck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're teaching these kids, like, something they don't even, they're not even interested in, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, of course, like, they feel like it's, like, solitary confinement. They yeah. Like you're forced. You're, you're being taught obedience. Right. Over everything. So. Right. And I think, definitely, I've met some teachers, too, where they're conflicted with teaching what they want to teach and then also having to go off the curriculum. Right. Right, and because at the end of the year, if they don't pass these tests, then it look bad on you, the teacher. Yeah. So you do yeah. need to follow the program somewhat, but then, mm-hmm. you know, I know some teachers that try and have, like, a little extra time. They'll do some yeah. fun stuff, yeah. more experimental stuff, you know. But it's good to let these kids think for themselves because, like, Definitely. you know, like, 
we're all individuals, right? At but the I think, end of the day, of talking. yeah, I think school kind of, like you said, uniforms us, or it's almost like military militarizes us yeah, to the dude. point where we're, we kind of assimilate and we don't think for ourselves, and we're not, we lose our uniqueness in a little bit. I was saying it earlier that you know, I think school really accustoms us to to teaching us that the first eight hours of the day are never ours. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, yeah. Like the first, that's what that's. Uh, if there, if someone were to ask me right now, like, oh, what did you? What's the one thing you learned in high school? I'm like, well, the first eight hours of the day never belong to me. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's what I learned mm-hmm. at least. So that's what explains why I'll probably be there for four hours tops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's just like I felt like I was learning more outside of school. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities to like the typical like nine to five, eight to four kind of job. Right. right? right. Where it's like you got your break, you got your lunch and then you got there's a certain hierarchy. That yeah. You a certain hierarchy. Well. Yeah. Right. And it's like sometimes even like the bell schedule. Right. To respect it might not authority be a, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of trippy to see how that's school. And I, and I heard one thing, too, where, um, man, I drew, I drew a blank right now on the foot. Uh, It'll come back well, to me. though. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Going back to school. <laughs> Shit, man. All right. Hey. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to the next topic. Um, how'd you come up with your name, Viliami? It's actually my middle name. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I had a few rap names before it, but um, I, I like I went by a uh, um, Mutt M U T T. Okay. And, and that was a nickname that my homegirl uh, Nubia gave me mm-hmm. um, back in summer school. All right. She just called me like, "Oh, he's a Mutt. He's a Mutt," because you know, because of my mixed race. So yeah. I mean, I naturally ran with that. Because it just felt, you know, like, oh, that's a pretty cool name. And then mm-hmm. I came up with the acronym for it, like, maybe a year after that. I said, most underestimate true talent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. So why'd you leave that name to Viliami? I don't know. I just I just felt like no one was going to take someone named Mutt serious, mm. you know? And then I tried adding Mutt to Dawn after that just to make it sound cooler. And then um, it, it ran for a little bit, but then um, I, I think one day... I don't. I was kicking it somewhere. I was probably in the studio, and then um, someone had asked me like, "Hey, how do you say your last name?" And I said, "Oh, Whippy." And then I, I think they were re- reading my ID or something. And then they said, "Oh, how, what's your middle name? How do you say that?" I'm like, "Viliami." I'm like, "Damn, that sounds cool as hell." Yeah. I'm like, "Why don't you just rap with that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Why don't I?" So then, yeah, it just happened that way, and I felt like it was. I felt like it was more authentic after that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, right on. I know what I was gonna say about the school. So, homework teaches yeah. us as adults it's okay to do overtime or right. take work home from yes, wherever we're working uh-huh. that's what i meant to say so yeah to tie it back together yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got that's, that it's cool my brain's all over the place sometimes yeah, same here bro i feel, I feel it, it i feel it so we're here at the studio today and yep you're doing something that i haven't really seen a lot of artists do nine to eight like a whole day yeah set aside yeah what kind of like inspires you or kind of what motivates you to you know just really go hard at it and, and everything that you do I mean, I, I I wasted a lot of time mm-hmm. in my life. I mean, I'm not gonna cap. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I spent a lot of my youth just wasting time. I didn't really value time. I mm-hmm. didn't know what how valuable this life really is. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you, you're out here, you're out here doing whatever you do. You don't really have an outlet. So it's like you you're gonna try and find it in anything that makes you feel good for the moment. Mm-hmm. At least as a youth, that that's the way that I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So. I guess, you know, just growing up out here and going through it a little bit and, you know, coming from, like, a broken home mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I feel like that has a lot to do with it. So, it's like, I know what it's like to, you know, having to start over all the time and go through a bunch of stuff and not have things go your way right away. So, I'm like, you know what, I might as well go through all that doing something that I, I know I can't do wrong. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. So, I, I feel like... You know, it's just, yeah, it's just been a really crazy journey, honestly, bro. Yeah. I just booked these at-hour sessions because I'm just trying to put in that work, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like no one's going to really give me that platform, honestly. And I feel like out here especially, like, there's too much politics out here in Orange County. Mm -hmm. So I don't really depend on necessarily, no disrespect, not knocking nobody, Mm -hmm. but I don't really depend on no platforms. Yeah. You know, I I push my own content. I got my own own homies that, you know, that, that help me. So it's like... You know, I'm more or less one of those artists that I feel you got to come to. Right. You know, and and, I, and I, I'm down to work with everybody. You know, I just like to leave that first impression. Yeah. Like that I'm a hustler. Like if you don't rock with the music right away, if I got to grow on you a little bit, then mm-hmm. at least the first impression you're going to get about me is I'm a hustler. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. If you don't mind sharing, what are some of those tougher obstacles that just didn't go your way as a youth? 
man, you know, uh, Pops leaving, you know, early. And, and, you know, I was only like three years old. So, you know, mm-hmm. you don't really know what's going on. So it's always just constant adjustment. One day he's gone. One uh, couple of years, it's just me and my mom, you know, struggling. And then all of a sudden she gets remarried. We move to Garden Grove. And then I'm thinking that everything's, you know, this way. Mm-hmm. I go back with Pops. He just appears out of nowhere. And I have found out that he, he just lived a couple blocks down from us this mm-hmm. whole time. So it's like, you know, that does a lot to a kid, mm-hmm. I feel. So I just felt like I can never. I felt early as a kid, like, you know, like, you know, being depressed and all that stuff. Like, that was, that was way too early to be going through all that stuff. Yeah. So I try to put that in the music as much as possible so i guess i don't feel like there's a lot of people especially out here that can resonate right you know so and then most of the stuff i mean even starting music you know the journey wasn't easy you know there were times where i thought you know shit was gonna crack off some way and it just didn't happen Mm -hmm. you know i thought you know i came in with certain homies you start off with certain homies and then you find out you know look i'm the only one here doing the interview yeah so i mean it's just you know it's kind of, it's like that one interview I don't know if you've seen it with Snoop and ASAP Rocky where he said it's it's like closing the gap yeah sometimes homies fall off and it, and sometimes you feel it's up to you to close that gap but you have to come back down here to pick mm-hmm. them up you know so I try to keep my homies motivated and active and try to like at my pace yeah you know even with, with, I try to tell them to you know yeah. pursue something that they want taking pictures yeah you know producing beats doing right. something something you know? that they can be independent with yeah, any, anything better than what we're used to doing all day right you know what I mean right so and that's what's tough too because I feel like you can't for lack of a better word you can't save everyone right of course some people yeah. some homies do lose their yeah. way and they get into bad trouble yeah. or some some of them yeah. don't even get into trouble they just settle for a life that they don't want yeah right because it's secure you know yeah. quote unquote yeah right? and that's um, true and there's some p- appeal to that too you know like some people get families really early so they join it for their kids of course. I, I totally get that i'm not knocking that either yeah, no, i don't know none of the homies that got families already yeah i just think it's it's something where you know that de- definitely like people don't push themselves to their their max potential and like i think it goes again to the school like we don't we're not allowed to express our creativity we're not yeah, allowed to flex uh, our brain mm-hmm. our individualism be a yeah. one of one we're taught to yeah we're taught to really conceal a lot about ourselves and so really i feel like in high school no one really knows the the real you that's why a lot of friends end up falling off mm-hmm. like you never really knew me from the start yeah you know and i think a big thing too with high school going back to your you know pops and everything right they don't teach us how to deal with our emotions mm-hmm. um that's one thing you know sometimes your friends open up to you right when you're in high school mm-hmm. or even younger and you're just like damn that's some serious shit yeah, you know yeah and uh you never get really that platform to really express yourself but i can only imagine I get to work with kids now, right. and you know I'm working with second graders, That's what's up. and like some of them, you know, like they're they're dealing with split parents, but like one parent doesn't really feed them. Right. Like he was telling me like the other day, like on a weekend, all he ate was like a banana yeah. and like a grilled cheese, and I was like. Yeah, damn that's you know that's that's crazy you know, and I, relate, and then, I relate to all that man so yeah all, but everything that those kids go through i mean mm-hmm. my girl she works with kids too so mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that they go through like i i, I tell her i'm like yeah i mean yeah the system these little school system needs to cut them a break because you know it's a yeah. lot for it's a lot for them to take right it's a lot of for them to say well, you know, they don't know how to problems? process all this right. correctly you know right so they're going to choose whatever emotion feels right to them you know so if, anger, gonna... if they relate to anger because that's what they see yeah that's what they're going to display yeah and then they're gonna take it out there and mm-hmm. then whoever relates to that is who they're gonna be around right so yeah and then they're expected to still perform at whatever level right. as someone who i don't say comes from a perfect home but comes from a better situation right, right. with two parents yeah in a solid house uh even mm-hmm. like the whole like we've right now homie, we've had homies like that too I've yeah had homies like that where they come from like a really good you know household and they just decided to be on the block all day just yeah and you, you still get some of those too yeah. i'm not saying everyone who comes from those yeah, ideal course, yeah. families make yeah. it but it's definitely I could I could see it being a little easier, right? right? You have a lot less on your mind, and you can hit the books harder. You yeah. can hit the sports harder. You can hit whatever harder, because yeah, yeah. you're not worried about family drama, trauma, exactly. all that kind of stuff. Exactly, hundred yeah. percent. So, what else you got working on here in um, 2020? I know you've been putting in a lot of singles. Yeah, um, I mean, right now I'm I'm recording, and then I'm about to wrap up this uh, little video series that I, I'm I'm about to complete. I was going to include with uh, the recent ep i dropped mm-hmm. the heights mm-hmm. so um that's with ghost house effects my boy mavi so we're about to wrap that up we already got three videos done out of five so i kind of like i'm taking my time with that as priority and i'm kind of like happy 
I'm like really excited actually to accomplish it because it's like damn might be the first artist out here to have a video series yeah. with an EP that's tight so I mean I mean, one of the homies had brought it up to me like dude you might be the first one out here that did that <laughs> and I'm just like dude oh shoot like I've been working so much you don't think about this kind of stuff it's like mm-hmm. you just get stuck in the zone I'm like oh yeah. damn, I started tripping out <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like, wow it's, it's good to crazy, get man. what's the first if you can recall the first moment in your music career that made you excited just like you are with that video series man having a conversation with quick yeah with dj Ooh. quick yeah okay yeah man i mean me and my boy tony actually we took we, we opened up for him and i remember that was like our biggest show we actually sold so many tickets mm-hmm. shout outs to droops man from the observatory he hooked it up but um man um we performed and i remember we were backstage still too short sugar free and quick were there we were backstage and I remember it started like sprinkling a little bit and I was like, nah, bro, we're waiting here until yeah. Quick comes out. So Sugar Free came out first and then he was chopping it up with us. Like he just said, what's up? And, you know, he was, he was really cool. He was a funny guy. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a lot of ghosts in here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but Quick ended up coming out and then, um, you know, he was chopping it up with us. Like, oh, you guys waited out here in the rain for yeah. a picture? I was like, yeah, you think we could get one? He's like, hell yeah, you can get as many pictures as you want. Come yeah. on. So we were chopping. I, I was asking him, like, yo, like, how do you, like, stay relevant in this mm-hmm. game? And he said, like, man, you just got to have the right people around you. You know, you just got to work hard. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. never lose the love for the music for sure. You know, so that conversation, I felt like that's what, you know, turned something on in my head. And then. A couple of years later, I opened up for the Far Side, and then I didn't even know they were backstage. Yeah. You know, it was over there at the Marty's on Newport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were over there. Droops cooked that up, too. So we were backstage chilling, and then we go perform, and the crowd's going crazy. And so I guess they heard that backstage, and they came and they came back, and they came back around, and then we were like, and then we were like, oh, shoot, this is the Far Side. And then they were like, yo, you're dope. Yeah, you really do. So I got the stamp. So after that, I was like, "Yo." After that, I was like, "Cool." You know, I start. I stopped. You know, a lot of self, a lot of self doubt that I was having at the time. Maybe like that stopped. Yeah. So that's probably where the work ethic started getting even more heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's tough too because I feel like you can self validate yourself as much as you want, but when you do get those other voices, especially right. from like right. people, whether you looked up to them or not, right. but people yeah. you know who've been in the industry. Uh-huh that have done it for a long time right. and that are successful. It's a good feeling, man. Yeah, hell yeah. That, I think that feeling. inspires... I always listen to Mike Tyson's podcast a lot. Uh, and he I always talk, with Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. I fuck with that show. And he always talks about how the time he met Muhammad Ali right. in whatever... I think it was like a detention center. Right. I, don't, I don't say it was juvie, but it was something like that, uh-huh. right? He was on a bad path. Okay. He meets Muhammad Ali and he talks about how like everyone was super excited and he like wanted that. Right. And, you know, like... He, he shared a few words with him before like, he even started boxing and then that's what made him want to be right, a boxer. Right. He met him again before he like blew up, blew up. And, I, but it's just like, like, like moments like that can really just kind of turn the tide. Like almost like, almost like a, a, like a storybook or like a movie type thing, yeah, you know? And it, it, it happened like at the moments where I was probably doubting myself the most. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I'm not making no money off this, man. Yeah. I've been doing this. Like, you know, and then that happens yeah. out of nowhere and it's kind of like you kind of start putting the pieces together yourself yeah. and then kind of figuring out like okay maybe I am doing something right yeah you know so I'm gonna keep going yeah how different is the business model now as an independent artist especially during quarantine you can't do any shows and stuff like right, that right. and the streams right. how's that different than what it used to be a few years ago or even like almost the beginning of the decade I feel like right now Especially right now, how you said being if independent is the way you want to go, mm-hmm. then I mean you gotta you gotta be as deep into your content as much as your music. Mm-hmm. You know you gotta treat it with the same care and everything. So that's why, like you know, we were saying going back to the work ethic and all that stuff. I got we did a photo shoot, mm-hmm. you know, doing the interview, and I'm working on songs. You yeah. know, so it's like, I mean, yeah, I just I feel like that's where. It, that's where it has to be at like you know mentally you got to be on that type of on that type of trip because i feel like if you take yourself that serious you know everyone around you is going to start oh damn like, yeah it reflects you know? yeah you know? 
it's so like I said, leaving the first impression on people, you know, like you're gonna get off top that Viliami's a hustler. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I like I like leaving that impression on people at least. Right. Let the music grow with them as as it goes. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get surrounded, I think, too, in your circle right. by the people who are just as hungry. It might not even be the whole music thing, but it yeah. could be people who take photos, <laughs> exactly, videos, man. all that kind of stuff. Just people who are grinding and whatever they Networking do. Networking is different is, is a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if you you have to think like a label yeah know, really you know it's like that's the difference now like artists have to really it really is more work yeah you know yeah so whoever takes that extra step is it's gonna it's gonna separate you know who really has something going on and who doesn't so yeah and i think it's trip too like even with the podcast like like you said think like a label like thinking like how else do you attract new people right, right like how right. do you catch the attention of new people because you can you know you send all your homies you can share it on social media but still that's still within your circle like how yeah. do you leave your bubble and i think that's the tough part where the label does a lot mm-hmm. of times take care of it or just a someone who does have money backing you does take care of it yeah. and i think that's the more challenging part that i'm right. discovering yeah. too but how do you get your music to other ears man i well i mean the normal platforms right mm-hmm. now you know spotify itunes all that i mean i just try to stay i try to keep the music consistent on somewhat you know, like, I try to let people know of, like, multiple things that I got going on. Like, I, I give them, like, three things tops that I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So everyone that's been following me so far knows that I've been working on this video series. If they've been paying attention, you know, they know, like, oh, damn, he's going to come out with part three soon. We're waiting on it. Mm-hmm. So they know that's coming. And they know that I dropped Early Bird just out of the, a tape called Early Bird just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that's more music, just strictly music that they can listen to. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just about balancing it out. And then as far as, like, performances and stuff, right now with the COVID, it's like I'm not really trying to, you know, be out there too much like that. But um, I feel like my next performance, I'm going to try and incorporate it. I'm going to try and incorporate, like, that in my next job for sure. Like, more fan interaction Mm -hmm. somehow. Like, if they buy, like, a shirt or something, you come see a free show. Yeah, makes sense. You know, something like that. Yeah, something similar to what um I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Most Critical. Yeah, he did that with oh, yeah, his. Yeah. He did that. He did his little campaign. So something similar like that. Yeah, you know? shout He's out based to out of Anaheim too, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so shout out to him. I was paying attention to that, and I got inspired by that for sure. So mm-hmm. I was thinking of taking a similar route towards something like that. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned 2020 and COVID, obviously too. How did that like time off and just like the time kind of being quarantined, at least in the beginning? Like, how did that? affect your music i mean honestly i, I kind of I kind of been like isolated mm-hmm. you know i'm not i'm not really i'm not really on the scene that much only because i'm always doing something i'm always working but i try to stay tapped in with as many people as i can okay you know so i mean I, as far as the code i mean it didn't really like affect me too much i just knew that Maybe as far as performances, I'm like, okay, merch sales are going to hurt for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to fall back on that a little bit, try to rebrand, you know, try to, like, go back to the drawing board, see what else I could do with this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, try to make it close to bulletproof for when the COVID is over and I can just kind of pick up where I left off. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, like, I'm more behind. It gave me the opportunity to really think about more stuff, honestly. Yeah. Like, okay, what am I going to do with the videos, the content, you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff. Yeah, what did you uh, did you think it was gonna drag on this long? Because you mentioned being it over, but it's still not over, and we're here recording in November. Mm-hmm. You think it was gonna drag this out this long? Mm, I never know how long you know re- the recording process is gonna drag me, bro. Like sometimes it'll drag me for like a week or two, and then I'll just be focused on a bunch of other stuff. And then there'll be times like this where I'm like, oh, you know what? I need as much time as I can get. I'll go like three months just making music. Yeah, you know, not really promoting anything, just making music they, I mean the homies know I got a bunch of unreleased stuff that we just bump just between us yeah so it's like they've heard most of my stuff already and they're just always I'm always getting like dude drop something drop something but it's like no I gotta I gotta be calculated with this yeah I gotta be real strategic with it yeah it's chess not checkers at the end of the day yeah. so you know I gotta I gotta try and be right with every move mm-hmm. at least feel a hundred in myself about it you know? makes sense as far as in the music industry, or outside the music industry, any, like, idols you looked up to, people that really kind of helped shape you? Yeah. Uh, moms, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first person. 
she 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 made me very articulate at a very early age you know she had me reading like at three four years old okay damn so it's like yeah man i, I mean i was a smart kid i just didn't like school yeah <laughs> so i mean there's a lot of those yeah too. man um yeah dude, that's why like we were going back saying like having an outlet and all that being mm-hmm. creative you know that was a big part of it she always encouraged me to be creative for mm-hmm. sure and you know my pops too you know even though he wasn't around he i always knew he was a hustler you mm-hmm. know he never worked for nobody his whole life so i got that from him for sure mm-hmm. um i mean any outside of music i mean i looked up to uh i had a i had an aunt that did real estate and i remember when we lost our house you know she was actually trying to get us a new place and she actually like kind of fixed our situation so she, she was probably the reason why I even started like looking into that. You know, mm-hmm. even recently I've been looking into wholesaling, Damn, so okay. I'm learning about that right now. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, man. I'm, yeah. I'm inspired by a lot of people. As far as artists go, other rappers, who'd you look up to? Man, we could be here all day talking <laughs> about that. I mean, everybody from the OGs, you know, like Pun, Biggie, Pac, Kendrick, Cole, you know. Um, I fuck with Twenty One Savage, mm-hmm. you know. I, I fuck with his energy, you know. I, D.W. Flame, uh, man, I'm inspired. Logic, you know. There's a lot, man. Wiz, Wiz, mm-hmm. Wayne. Um, uh, just a lot of people, man. Inspired by a lot. Yeah, a lot of lyricists too, right? Definitely lyricism. That's what I first started with. I kind of like was on the New York wave, mm-hmm. you know, when I started, and then moving my way like through a bunch of artists down down the coastline, and then making my way more to West Coast artists. Yeah. So, I feel like like the more variety and taste that you have in music, you know, the more developed your ear is going to be. Yeah. For sure. And I, I definitely feel like in more recent years. The lyricist kind of rapper hasn't been pushed, but do you think that like is gonna change anytime soon? I feel like that. I feel like that tide is gonna turn real soon. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of like my younger homies that you know hear me, like, and it, and it goes back to what I was saying about just being authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, these cat, these younger cats are gonna feel something that they can relate to. Right. If you're not saying anything in your music, whether it's boom bap, whether it's a trap beat, whether it's whatever, if you're not saying anything, it's not gonna take off. Mm-hmm. You know. It's only going to stay in your little circle of homies, maybe, mm-hmm. if you're lucky, you know. But I feel like artists need to be more authentic, and I, and I feel like that's where people resonate. Like, if they can relate this to it and they not just the beat, If you and I feel like if you're really saying something, they'll be like, oh, damn, like, mm-hmm. damn, I know what that, okay, cool, I'm mm-hmm. going to support him because he's talking that real shit. So it goes back to that. Yeah. So and I definitely think too with the times in twenty twenty, COVID obviously, mm-hmm. like different things being exposed, people yeah. people slowly start to make that shift. Yeah. You know, because they're starting yeah, they're starting to look up more going down the rabbit hole of everything. So Right. Yeah. Because yeah, even like a, a rapper, um I'm trying to blank on it, little baby, right? Like doesn't usually make that kind of conscious lyrical stuff. Yeah. But even he was turned turned to that this year, right? Yeah, because he yeah, I mean uh, the I forgot what song it was um Mm-hmm. He did a song for like Black Lives Matter. And yeah, I, I remember hearing that joint. I remember hearing that joint, and I was just like, I had to respect it. Yeah, like you have no choice but to respect it because mm-hmm. he did his thing. You know, yeah. he's saying something, and then he he even said, I think he had a part in the song where he said, I usually don't talk about this stuff. Right, but I it's have time. to. Yeah, yeah, I have to, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, going back to being versatile. An artist that can do that, I feel like that really defines an artist of this age. Yeah, if you're able to do that hop in between certain things like no subject is too touchy for you right you know yeah and i think if you really feel a certain way about it say something yeah, yeah. and, and they, they're always the saying goes like art is always reflective on the times right, right. whether it's like painting art music art whatever right and, and definitely like the times now that we're living in obviously not just because of covid but because like race tension social media right po- yep. politics right now like i think definitely we're gonna make that shift back to the more artist who's saying something the rapper who's saying lyrical stuff right whether it, it could be i don't know i'm not gonna like gonna stereotype any other artist or whatever but it's definitely gonna shift back towards that because we're not it's like a lot of stuff can't be ignored and, and just i don't know you know what i mean i feel like it was, uh, it's also because a lot of artists like just want to sound like somebody else now mm-hmm. it's like whatever the the sound is 
they try to follow that mm-hmm. and it's like okay well you can do that but how like is that gonna help you float in the long run mm-hmm. always doing what the next man does you know mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm on, or are you gonna build your audience off of you know the strength of you right so that's why I try to develop my stuff like outside of the scene a little bit mm-hmm. you know because I feel like everyone has a different approach than I do mm-hmm. and it's cool I don't knock nobody salute everybody that's out here doing it yeah. get it how you get it but you know I just I just do my thing mm-hmm. how do you make sure you stand out from everybody else that's doing it I mean I just stand I mean just off the strength of you know who I am already mm-hmm. you know my name my my background mm-hmm. You know, I can I can I can make songs about, you know, relationships. I can I can make songs about alcoholism. I can make songs about the streets. I can make songs about anything. You know, you guys were here, I think, in the last session that we, we did, you know, we went from a boom bap beat. Yeah. You know, hardcore with YBG. We went from that hardcore boom bap 90s type vibe to like a total trap R&B type stuff. Yeah. So it's like, man, I'm just really tapped in with music to to where like if it just sounds good if it's a vibe to me i'm gonna follow it mm-hmm. so i feel like that's what separates me i'm not really scared to try anything mm-hmm. you know if it doesn't work it doesn't work mm-hmm. i'll get i'll get somebody that can do it better you know <laughs> yeah yeah you know at least if i know i can hold a note i'll try it you okay know? <laughs> you know what i mean so i mean i just try to stay versatile yeah you know? that's it i feel that so how does how does the creative process start for you? You need to hear a beat first, or you already start writing and then you just look for a beat to kind of complement it. Man, I, I got like so many processes now, bro. It's like I can this. It happens. It happens like that sometimes. I'll hear a beat and then I'll just start writing or freestyling something if mm-hmm. if I feel it. Sometimes I already have something written mm-hmm. and then I'll just hear a beat and be like, "Yo, let me try this real mm-hmm. quick. If it sounds good, then I'll keep it." Um, other times, you know, I'll just have something like a whole song and I'll, I'll just wait until I link with the producer and we can actually build the beat from yeah. scratch you know okay. I, I, I'm, I get real you know detailed about the drums everything about it like we really dissect it mm-hmm. open it up and then rebuild it again you know mm-hmm. try to build a record mm-hmm. more than anything like an know? experience right yeah definitely I feel like it has to be enjoyable mm-hmm. for sure you typically, like you said, you bounce around from beat to beat, but is there any beat that you particularly feel, or style of beats that really, like, kind of hones in with you? Um, mostly uh, my guy, uh, Sabi Waves, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he, he's he's really the one that, he's really my go-to as far as a, if I'm searching for a certain sound that I want, mm-hmm. or if I have an idea that I think he can, he can flip and and do mm-hmm. you know most of the time he's my go-to so i'm really experimental yeah you know really really experimental like i can just be on some rap shit one day and then i might want to sing the next day yeah you know if i don't want to sing or rap then I'll, I'll just you know be behind the scenes yeah you know kind of mentoring my younger homies and showing them how to record and showing them how to do a hook mm, okay you know how to structure 16 bars you know stuff like that so I, I enjoy the process of also you know mentoring helping the younger right? homies that they actually take an interest in it. like yo how do you i'm trying to do this i'm like all right come to come to the studio i'll show you yeah so that's tight too uh everyone needs like a teacher right or a mentor yeah and it doesn't yeah. always have to be like the physical like teachers that you see right. in high schools right, right. Yeah. even your parents might not always cut it but it's good to have that you know and it definitely like music because it isn't taught at the schools or like in a in a formal education type of sense, yeah, it's right, good to link up right. with someone who can kind of show you the ropes, even if it's just the basics, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, someone to just kind of help guide you because I think that's what like we all need, right? Coaching, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, I can definitely say like maybe like my my youth. Some of it would have been different if I would have had like that, you know, person telling me like, hey, like why don't you put this to a beat, try it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I felt like if I was doing that in high school, like oh, I would have been like a beast by now yeah yeah. you know i probably would have had a bigger catalog for sure but you know you gotta you gotta deal with it how you, how you get them mm-hmm. how you get the cards you know i feel that so with 2020 nearing an end do you right. have any plans for the rest of this year outside of your radio series or just stuff that you'd like to continue to push at the beginning of next year um i'm trying to get something organized um well i think we were talking about it last time the last session we were here that I, I want to get like um, 
like a little video show type vibe like rap city back where we just have artists come in yeah play like a top 10 videos of orange county artists and have them do a freestyle in the booth something Mm. like that so i'm trying to get that organized for sure with some of the homies um that you know shoot videos and stuff like that i'm also trying to me and my family members were talking about getting a group together just trying to like help out clean the beaches like Mm. during the week you know try and help out the community wise that's dope you know i'm so i'm trying to get that together for sure you yeah know, just to help out we were talking about shout outs to global warming earlier yeah so. for real man so i gotta clean yeah, up our man, I'm, I'm tapped in on that for sure so yeah definitely next year that's what i'm looking at yeah, let, yeah. let me know bro i'll yeah, definitely yeah. be willing to come out for sure, for sure on I'll winter talk. break yeah you know, that's the cool thing about working at schools it's like you get the you get the breaks off with the yeah, kids too hell yeah you know? hell yeah <laughs> For sure, for sure. That's tight. What makes you, I guess, kind of, or was there a voice when you were younger that kind of helped you be more environmentally friendly, whether it is global warming, picking up trash, or whatever you do? Moms. Yeah. Really, yeah, my mom's my mom just woke, bro, man. She she had me on a lot of stuff, you know? Like, she taught me about the Zodiac, mm. you know? What's your so, sign? Uh, my sign is Gemini. I'm oh, Gemini. shit, okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Right on. Yeah, my mom's is a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I had a little knowledge of, on that. She taught me um about politics, you know, the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, outside of school, like if I wasn't, you know, doing whatever I was doing, you know, mom's was putting me up on game on a lot. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think yeah. a lot of people, too, just to sidetrack for the politics. Yeah. People don't realize like Democrats back in the day mm-hmm. before slavery, Republicans weren't or were against right. it right yeah and, it, and now it's i feel like it's kind of flipped you know what i mean a little yeah, bit like the, the parties around, have flipped yeah. and i there was a there was a russ song that came out this mm-hmm. past week and um ab soul was featured on it uh-huh. and the first like line he drops is like know your roots and who you're rooting for and yeah. I, I like i don't know if he was referencing that but like as soon as he said that line I was that's like, bro, what that's what, he's, that's, you, what yeah. that's what yeah. I, at least uh-huh. it means to me. Right. You know, everyone's screaming Democrat. Well, Soul's Democrat been on that. that type of vibe, you know, yeah. where you could kind of sneak in like a little political, you know, gem here and there. Yeah. You know, so I respect that too. Like people that are able to do that, mm-hmm. you know, get your point across mm-hmm. without necessarily having to dumb it down, mm-hmm. you know. That's tight, man. What else did your mom teach you? She seemed like a big important factor in your life. Yeah, man. I mean, well, she had to raise two kids on her own mm-hmm. for, for a good minute. So, I mean... She taught me um, how to cook. Yeah. For sure, yeah. She taught me how to cook, you know, pick up after myself, standard stuff. She taught me, she put me, and she put me on, on game, you know, about girls really early. You know, you you got, you got get your game from, you get your game from a woman like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you're you ahead of the game, mm-hmm. you know, going in. So, <laughs> you know, not, no better way to understand the mind of a woman than get it from the mind of a woman. Right, so, yeah, of course. 100%. Yeah, man. So, I mean, my mom put me on on a lot, man. Music, politics, religion, you know, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. My mom's really knowledgeable on a lot. What's the what's your favorite dish that she can cook for you? Lasagna. Lasagna? Lasagna, hey. bro. Mom's lasagna smacks to this day. <laughs> and what would you say your your best dish is if you had to invite friends over? <sighs> man. The way what? Oh, the the medicated eggs, the medicated eggs and bacon. Yeah, yeah. I have I made I made a eggs and bacon one day with um THC. Really? Oil, How you, yeah. How'd you get that? Uh, the homie, my homie Seven, he had a bunch. He made like a whole batch, and he just dropped it off at my house one day. He's like, "Hey, cook with this." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "It's THC butter. Like you can use it for anything." Mm. So I tried it, and then yeah, we were just. Smacked for the whole day after that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. So yeah. I guess the medicated food is my thing. Okay. All right. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to medicated. Medicated. medicated I mean, medicated chow mein. Damn. Yo, that's uh, hard as hell. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to make medicated steaks right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out right now. You have to look and link me up with that because I know oh, me, yeah, and, man. me and one of the homegirls are trying to start a medicated food YouTube channel. Oh, really? Like cooking channel. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, we'll have to invite you hell out yeah. sometime. Let's do it. Fuck. <laughs> it's kind of crazy boy. though like yeah how old are you 28 so yeah like when you were in high school and even before then like smoking was like so oh smoking upon. was like the worst thing that right. you could do and, and even yeah. getting it was so hard 
and to the point now where you could just easily access yeah, things bro. like th butter thc butter or it's too, it's way uh, more CBD, accessible anything yeah. right mm -hmm. it's it's crazy accessible now and even like going to dispensaries and clinics is like a trip from 2011 12 you know yeah versus like just going and knocking on your homie's window That's asking it. for a 20 you know yeah, yeah. just <laughs> trusting like it used to sometimes. be so simple man <laughs> <laughs> these kids got it so easy they don't even know yeah <laughs> Well, there's like that meme too, where it's like the first time we learned how to smoke, and it was like the the, the water bottle bongs. Oh and wow, like the yeah. Kid, the kids nowadays learning yep. how to smoke is just yep. the pens, the stizzies, and stuff Classics. like that. And it's like, bruh. <laughs> man, I remember those. I used to make a bunch of those in high school. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Do you remember the uh, the first time you ever smoked? I was 12 years old. Damn. I was damn. Everyone's like, <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, I was 12, man. I was I was at Palm Lane Park. I just got out from Ball Junior High. It was me, my homie. Uh, it was my homie Presso and the other homie, uh, David. And we were just chilling there. I don't know who got the joint. We managed to get our hands on like half a joint. And we were just smoking it. And I remember I just fell asleep under a tree for like, <laughs> oh, like 45 minutes. I woke up and I just walked home like nothing. I was oh, just shit. like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, but after that, I didn't, I didn't start smoking again until like I was like 15. Okay. And then I would smoke every day, all day, 15 yeah. years old, chiefing it. Yeah. Yeah. How did, what is, because weed does just something different for everybody, but what does it do for you? I mean, it just, it keeps me, you know, calm, mm. you know, a lot, you know, it, it makes, you know, what I would usually give a quick reaction to, I, I, I'd probably just be like, all right, let me worry about that later. I'm, yeah. I'm doing this right now, mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, it helps. You know, it just helps deal with, like, a lot of the frustration. Like I said, going back to some things not going your way. So, it's kind of like, all right, bro, not today, but tomorrow. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it makes the day easier, you know. Kind of enjoy the day when it's in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, see, is attitudes change publicly with mm -hmm. weed and, like, more right. people start smoking it. Right. Uh, yeah, hopefully everyone's just like more chill and more mellow. I hope know? so, man, because you know, you still get those weird looks every time you smoke a blunt. You could walk outside your own house, and neighbors will just be staring at you, just <laughs> like you're hitting the pookie or something. I'm just yeah. like, bro. Yeah, there's still some old school people, older generations. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's them. It's, it's more of a respect thing with them, and I understand mm -hmm. it. So, I mean, I don't mm -hmm. really trip on that. Yeah, because I feel like everyone I know, not everyone I know, but most people I know, right. when you're like 36. 40 uh -huh. like they're all smoke doctors lawyers yeah teachers like it's kind of crazy you, you'd be surprised especially out here how yeah. many people smoke doctors yeah. lawyers judges i mean there's a bunch of people yeah bro. there's a bunch of people it starts to that make do me it. think like when my parents hypocrites you know for like getting on me yeah, about no, smoking for sure. well, you know, no mom, like, when moms found out that i that i smoked weed like she didn't find out until after high school she didn't find out until after high school yeah. that, that i smoked weed so i mean after she she found that out, she was kind of like, oh, I mean, I did too. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Just like, kept it real like, with like, it. Yeah, she was just like, I mean, as long as you're not done with it. You right. Know, you know, mm -hmm. you, you got to take, if you're going to, I feel like if you sign up for it, you got to take the accountability that yeah. comes with it, you know? Yeah. And that approach, I think, is not to bash on anyone who doesn't do that, but right. I think that's a good approach to parenting. Right. Uh, because if you constantly deny it and then you constantly like take it away or try and shield them from it yeah they're gonna want to re rebel they're gonna, want it, they're gonna want it more yeah you know? exactly because now it's like that forbidden fruit essentially. yeah because i mean that that my my family made weed sound like the worst thing that you can do on earth like yeah you know <laughs> they made it sound like heroin yeah. at one point so i was just like you know what why do you guys hate this so much yeah you know and I was like, well, I'm gonna Propaganda. I'm gonna keep smoking it until I find the answer. And like, yeah. nope, still not hitting me in a bad way. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, everyone has a different experience with it, but mine was like, I, I'm glad to say that mine was more enjoyable than mm -hmm. you know most. I never, I never, I never got busted with it or nothing major like that. So, I mean, that's good. As far as, as far as weed, like, yeah, man, I've been chill. And are you more of an indica or sativa person? Man, I'm I'm just a hybrid all the way. Okay, you know, I'm just I just keep it hybrid all the way. You know, I just, I like having a little bit of everything. Okay, you never know how it's gonna hit you, especially when I'm recording. So I mean, however it hits, it hits. Yeah, you know, I feel that. I feel it. I just feel like people are too picky about that. 
way too yeah. picky about that sometimes. Yeah, just cause like anything, right? Like you know, there's super, people who are super into wines, beers. There's yeah. be people who are super yeah. into the whole like. They'll be like, oh, but what kind of OG is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what like, strand is this? Yeah, what strand is this? What's oh, how long has it been left outside? Or like, oh, yeah. Bro, just smoke it. <laughs> Who cares? Just roll like, it does, does it get you high? All right, then. <laughs> it does its job. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. Like, there's definitely things I try and stay away from, though, as I learn more about it. Because sometimes it'll be getting too high. Right. Right? Like, it's it's yeah. way too strong. Uh-huh. You know? And I'm just like, whoa. Like, like top shelf now is right. a lot different than top shelf 2012, 2013, I think. Shoot, man. I didn't even know there was a top <laughs> shelf back then, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I just knew that. I just knew a person that had the bomb and the person that had the booth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, like, you just know who to go to, more or less. But, yeah, nowadays, like, some of the stuff that they put in that, I I keep an eye on that, too, Mm -hmm. you know? Every time, I know we be smoking blunts, too. We look for the white ash every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. White ash, healthy smoke. Good to know. Stoner fact. Yeah. (laughs) Little stoner fact. (laughs) (laughs) What are some other stoner facts that we should drop knowledge? Don't don't take an edible um, after a full stomach. Mm, okay. Or an empty stomach for an that. Empty stomach. Oh yeah, the home the homie Alex he he chugged a, I forgot what it was like a fruit drink but an, a THC infused fruit drink. Yeah. Chugged it and they said if you chug this whole thing, at the spot we were at you chug this whole thing you get another one for free. Mm. And he's like yeah I'm thirsty I'm down. Bruh. Did it all, and then up. we went to Long Beach to get. Uh, I did an interview with Maserati shells. Okay, that day. Yeah, and he threw up all over Maserati's floor. <sighs> Damn, I got. And then and, and and the crazy thing about it is, a hey, shout out to Maserati man because he wasn't even tripping. He was just like. Damn, this is good content. <laughs> That's the only thing he said, and I we were just laughing. We were just like, "Yo!" And then the homie was just like sat, sitting back on the couch, just like all all passed out. But Bruh. yeah, bro, don't don't edibles are a whole different monster, y'all. So mm-hmm. don't even try it unless you know you got the you got the nuts to try it. Honestly, because yeah. That's a whole different monster. You, mm-hmm. I, if I had bad experiences with edibles, yeah, I don't think I've ever had really like good experiences. So I try and stay away from it. You, you know? just feel like you're dying. Sometimes, I, yeah. No, I don't know why people like that. Yeah, you know, when you're smoking, you just might fall asleep. You might doze off, get hungry. Worst, mm-hmm. worst thing that'll happen is you get hungry. You eat up everything in the fridge. Yeah, you know, off an edible, you just yeah. <laughs> but I think it's more controllable too, because like as you're smoking sometimes like if it's a good high you can kind of feel it as you're smoking as right. you're halfway through the blunt or through yeah. a, a, a pipe or whatever it is you mm-hmm. know and you, yeah, kind of cut your, you can kind of cut yourself right where the edible i feel like a lot of times it's a delayed hit and then a lot of times it hits you like really hard all at once yeah people point. underestimate it too much yeah yeah and know? there's definitely times too where like i've fallen victim to where it's like three hours oh, yeah, later we've, we've, oh yeah, yeah like it's not hitting like let after me get an hour oh, they then, said it was oh. supposed to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's supposed to hit me after an hour nah take another piece yeah and then like right after the hour after that you're just mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. just begging for that stuff to stop oh, man right on what's your favorite thing to do other than make music while you're medicated while you're medicating, I mean, I just like medicating in general. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, I like just kicking it with the homies. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I enjoy writing scripts. Yeah. Still, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not if I'm not doing the real estate thing, you know, if my head's not in that, I just, you know, post up, mm-hmm. kick it, hang out with family. You know, yeah. try to be at home a lot. Well, I mean kind of have to be at home now but try to be at home a lot more you okay know? definitely right on you um yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I, was, I was like then what about my elbow <laughs> I was like, is there ash on it? my bed <laughs> all right no all right well before we wrap things up i'd like to ask these fun mm-hmm. introspective questions to help the audience to get to know you a little bit better mm-hmm. if you could talk to any person dead or alive in history who would it be <sighs> malcolm x malcolm x all right why malcolm I just wanna. I just wanna. I've always. I've always. I read some of his books, so I mean, I would want to pick his brain. Just like you know, what led him to, you know, 
really see the way he saw things mm-hmm. you know like why wasn't there any other way other than the way he saw yeah you know why did it arrive to that point for him mm-hmm. you know i would like to pick his brain about that yeah you know i recently read a good book too and i'll probably exchange it with you mm-hmm. um it's called the blood brothers and it's about muhammad ali's and malcolm x's relationship and how really you know that ended up being the end of That's malcolm dope. x Hell but yeah. it's crazy because they you know they used a lot of malcolm x's personal journals and then also um it's from the viewpoint of the fbi like they, they basically right. the fbi yeah. was wiretapping yeah. and um it, it talked about like they had like a lot of his phone calls that he would make to other people his close friends that kind of stuff and uh, how he towards the end of his life he knew he was gonna get taken out by the nation of islam yeah and i just thought like that's a shitty way to live for like two plus years he was just like worried like every single always having moment. to watch his back yeah paranoia and all that yeah yep. and i was just yeah, like damn man. like if if they didn't kill him like that would have killed him the stress of that for sure in in a few years you know he that's de- i feel like that's definitely a looming question still mm-hmm. to this day like how do you live like that right you know knowing like at any time mm-hmm. at any time these fools can just pull up yeah take you and out. it can all be over mm-hmm. today right you know like how did like how did he even keep going after that right you know like it takes a certain type of courage i think to Hell yeah. know that I probably am not gonna, you know, live to see this, but you know, I'm here. Let's do it anyway. Yeah, push the message out. Yeah, you know? for sure. So let's say you're stranded on an island, but food and water provided. Mm-hmm. What are three things that you'd like to bring to help pass the time? Weed. <laughs> uh, probably. Just a lot of music somehow. I don't know, iPod, CDs, or like however. Yeah. You know, just a bunch of music just mm-hmm. to listen to. And, um. Damn, dude. A machete. Machete, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I a machete, that. and then I'll figure out the rest from there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Uh, two more. If you have any toppings on a pizza, what would it be? Pineapple. Pineapple just because it's fire. I don't care what <laughs> nobody says. Alright. All right. <laughs> um pepperoni. I'm okay. Pineapple guy, pepperoni. Yeah. Two peas. Yeah. Alright. And then if you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um I would tell my younger self to value taking five steps backward to take 10 forward Mm. Mm. i would i would tell myself to be i would tell myself to be more patient Mm -hmm. you know i would tell myself not to react so quick to certain situations certain people Mm -hmm. you know um i definitely would have told myself I would have told myself about this like you know hey man a couple years down the line you're gonna you're gonna be that guy but you know I think, yeah, I'll just tell myself to be more patient. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Sure. Well said. Well, before we wrap things up, go ahead and plug anything you'd like to plug. Social media is where you can listen to yeah. music. Instagram, V-I-L-L-I-A-M-I. What? Oh, in here? <laughs> See, George is on it. See, I'm telling you, surround yourself with the right homies. They yeah. keep you on point. So, yeah, Viliami on um, YouTube instagram all that three eyes for instagram at the end twitter um you know you click follow me on instagram you can find me on the link tree has my youtube spotify has some articles that you know recently did some covers on my music and stuff like that so yeah man check me out tap in with me man i got a lot going on man for sure i appreciate you again for coming out man i appreciate you having me bro thank you Boom, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. I am Noah Alvarez, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you left a rating and review. It helps listeners or new listeners, potential new listeners, get engaged in what the show is all about. And you can particularly drop a particular episode, whatever number or guest that you like, the interview, the conversation that we had, um, etc., etc. Be as detailed as possible. It really helps for sure. And if you're listening on any other platforms, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, I forgot some of the other ones, TuneIn, um, uh, 
YouTube. If you're listening on any of those platforms, be sure to subscribe, be sure to follow, be sure to like the homepage. And if you can, be sure to spread the podcast word of mouth. You know, that's always a great way. Send it to a friend, a family member, um, a classmate, an ex-girlfriend, whatever it may be. Go ahead and send it on over if you think they'd be or interested in the podcast as well. Also, guys, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I have some stickers for sale. $2 a sticker. I'll be posting more of that on my social media. And if you are on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me at my 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 period mike and period i on instagram that's at my period mike and period on instagram and underscore noah alvarez no tricky spelling on twitter at underscore noah alvarez Um, no tricky spelling on that one those are the two best platforms to get a hold of me i'll be starting to post more on that like i said i'm doing a giveaway every sticker you buy it'll get you one entry to the giveaway for a 50 dollar or a 25 dollar gift card so i've sold a few already a few out of the area too which i thought was really cool so thank you guys for the support all the way and even other states that's great and uh, i just need to promote that a little bit more and you know sorry for being a little bit mia on social media but um it can be difficult sometimes, man. I don't really like social media sometimes. But other than that, man, I hope you guys keep rocking with the podcast. Keep rocking with your goals. And keep rocking with taking care of your mental health in the year 2020. Um, big importance on that. As well as just, you know, continue to chase your dream, not checks. As I always say at the end of every show, never stop seeking knowledge. And continue to pursue whatever you love in life. I think that ultimately is going to help you with your mental health, your happiness, and, and so on and so forth but um yeah other than that guys like i said earlier just thank you for rocking with the podcast episode 134 thank you again to viliami for being a guest on this week's show thank you again to generic sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background and thank you to vince correa for designing the my mic and i logo that you are seeing in your screen and thank you the listener for tuning in to another episode of the my mic and i podcast i'm noah alvarez the host signing off Till next time.